Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Small businesses are trying to take care of business. Uh, with the advent, of course, of the minimum wage hike that took place uh, at the beginning of the new year, uh, it's up to $14 uh, an hour now. Uh, you've already heard the reaction from some Tim Hortons locations. Uh, <laughs> you know, from a, a, a standpoint of public relations, uh, whatever's going on here, and I, I think we expressed on the program yesterday when Ian Lee was with us, uh, of course, economics professor at the uh, Sprott School of Business at Carleton University, and he made the case that, look, don't blame the franchisees on this. They have fees to pay, and they have, they're the ones that actually have to look after all these expenses, and this is an added expense that they're going to have to swallow. But invariably, when that sort of thing happens, what owners do, whether you're selling widgets or coffee or whatever else, is, well, raise your prices instead of taking it out on employees. So, I mean, a pox on both their houses. And by the way, if corporate Tim Hortons uh, has a problem with this and say, well, these are rogue franchisees, then make a corporate policy and say you can't do that. I, I, so, I mean, everybody has to share some of the guilt here, some of the things that are happening. But... The government has to take some responsibility for this, too. And, and Ian Lee made a very interesting point yesterday suggesting that, look, it, uh, we, if we are concerned about social welfare, we are concerned about people trying to make ends meet, that uh, that's why we have a social safety net, and, and that's a government responsibility. Uh, for instance, the federal government, uh, in their budget a couple of months ago, decided to increase the child care benefit uh, for single mothers. That's the government saying, look, it, we're going to try to look after that. It's not the responsibility of the private sector. And I'm not so sure that the wind government is actually holding on to the, or, and, and embracing their responsibilities on that. But these are all points of, of, of the debate, and, and they're very important about this. But now that some of the pushback has come forward, uh, some of the government members are speaking up, including, of course, the minister in charge of this, Kevin Flynn, uh, who's uh, in charge of the business and uh, small business operations. And we've talked to Minister Flynn on a number of occasions before this program was implemented. And now that the Tim Hortons pushback has started, the minister had this to say about how business might react to this to try to assuage some of their concerns. The minimum wage, I don't believe, ever in history has been raised without the business community raising a fuss or concerns. For some businesses to take it out on their workers, however, is completely unacceptable. And it's simply wrong. And what they have decided to do now, according to the minister and the premier and some of the uh, comments that she has made, is they're going to monitor this and they're going to go after small businesses that take this out on their employees. Those are their words. Is that the right approach to take? Uh, is anybody accepting this new policy? Is anybody embracing this and trying to work with this? Well, some local companies apparently are adjusting to the minimum wage increase. Uh, joining us to talk about this is Damon Starr. Now, Damon, of course, you've heard on this program before. He's a regular community contributor, small business operator, living wage employer, founder, partner of the Better Way Alliance, and uh, always a welcome guest on the Bill Kelly Show. Damon, how are you this morning? Uh, good morning, Bill. Good to have you with us here today. Before we get into your particular circumstance on this, I mean, as, as a small business operator, you were going to be impacted by the this wage uh, increase that was going to be happening and now has happened. Uh, what did your company do before uh, the uh, the advent of this to try to prepare for this? Anything at all? Yeah, so, so when it comes to this specific um, adjustment in the ESA, um, I think uh, our company was trying to be proactive in, in all of this. So we actually began most of this transition in 2012. And so that's how far it goes back for us, because this discussion we had with our employees about about you know, what is a decent workplace? What is fair uh, about it? And it really was brought on by the recession. So, so, so I'd, I'd like to, you know, state that, that this conversation goes back 
as far as that, if not further, because, of course, I think this is a, an ongoing issue for pro- probably about the last 30 years. Well, and it has been, and, and I know that Minister Flynn referred to that, and this is not the first time the governments have tried to raise the minimum wage, and, and every time that has happened, his point is well taken, there is usually pushback saying, well, wait a second, you can't do this. But given the the argument that uh, many businesses, including Chambers of Commerce who are supporting some of those businesses put forth, uh, Damon, that, well, this is okay, but it's too much too soon, and businesses can't accommodate this. They can't absorb this kind of a hit at this stage. Is, is that a legitimate argument in your mind? Yeah, so, so I, I think the counter-narrative to that, if, if, if there could be one, is, is that when the minimum wage was frozen for periods of time in order to stimulate the economy, or at least that's the suggestion that was given, um, two times, I think, through the late 90s, early 2000s, it was frozen for a long period of time, I believe seven or eight years. And then from 2010 in order and to till 2014, that that minimum wage was frozen again, and and nobody was too much too soon kind of scenario because it was a matter of freezing something. It's the trouble is that you know I would emphasize this to many of those business uh, owners or entrepreneurs that are suggesting that is is that if ever you thought you were going to freeze something and not correct it at some point. I, I'm I'm not sure that that's a, a genuine discussion to have, and and so so I'm very concerned about that from that perspective. And I think again, it goes back to that 2012 period where that minimum wage was frozen, and and it, and it, when was the correction going to take place? So so I think we all agree that that the minimum wage at 11.40 or 11.60 is is not acceptable. It, it wasn't achieving uh, what it's intended to do, and that's and that contributes to livability in our province. And if that's true, then then when is the right time? And and so, you know, I I would suggest that that's an in, a disingenuous conversation. That's that's my opinion on that. No, but it's 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 a very valid point, and I, I think it's an opinion that's shared by many people. Is that when governments do this, and and we saw a provincial government do this a number of years ago with hydro rates. This is not the first time we've had a, a, a controversial discussion about hydro rates. Uh, under the early Eves government, hydro rates were skyrocketing. We were having blackouts and brownouts on a consistent basis. And, and and Premier Eves at that time, as you recall, Damon, decided to freeze hydro rates. Well, that didn't stop the cost of hydro going up. All that did was added to the debt. It didn't make the problem any better. It gave us a short-term solution to this. And and the concern I have when governments start to do something like freezing uh, the minimum wage and saying we're not going to do that to small business over a number of years, it gives them a false sense of hope that that's going to be the new normal. But as prices continue to rise, as the cost of living continues to rise, it's inevitable that some future government is going to say, okay, we're going to have to do something about this. And that time has come. Now, we can argue about whether or not it was done in, in, in a, a manner in which you know is, is best suited for, for those that are, are in need of help at this stage and the businesses themselves. But the fact is, this, this was inevitable that some government, some future government, was going to lift that freeze and say we have to do something about this. Well, I... I- I think you're exactly right on that on on that premise. But but here's here, I'd like to add something to the conversation, if, Please. I, if I may. And that is is that the ESA is not a crutch for companies. It's it's not it's not it's not a set of uh, it's not a bible for companies to actually design their business on. And 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 if that's happening, I think we have to be serious about what kind of society we want to live in. So it's not a race to the bottom. It, we're, as business owners and entrepreneurs, we're supposed to be um, innovative. We're, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, overachievers. Uh, you know, like we're we're, we're supposed to uh, excel where where others may 
may may not see the the benefit of doing so. That that's our goal as entrepreneurs. So if we design our business uh, based on the minimum standards of everything, then I'm not sure what kind of success we're trying to achieve. And so. So it, it's not only about money, it's, it, it's about our societal uh, um, contribution. And, and I think when we look at things in a little bit of a different perspective, we may appreciate why something like this is taking place now. There's a comment from uh, Ian Lee that we had on the program. I don't know if you heard the interview yesterday, uh, Damon. Ian, of course, is a business professor, economics professor at Carleton University. And, and he suggested that that's a valid point, what you just said about the societal concerns of, of your employees. Uh, but he says that's the government's job. It's not private sector responsibility to look after that. What's so, your comment? So I'll emphasize, this is the government doing their job. This is what government should have done in the first place. This, when that four-year freeze was, was, was lifted, this should have taken place. I, you know, I, I don't take any... A responsibility away from the government but this is the government responding and and i think that there you know again i you know i don't want to put uh, words in the government's mouth or defend defend their position in any way uh, but I, i'll emphasize that that if business isn't going to take the lead on this because it is an issue that's affecting business but business should be the one that takes the lead and and if that's the case they can help guide uh, policy, but if they're going to do nothing and they're just going to stand still and 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 just say everything's okay, Jack, because because my my bank account is full, it doesn't matter about anybody else. Then, I, unfortunately, the government has to act, and in this case, uh, the government's acting. And I think so. So to that point, the government is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. And so, for to criticize the government for doing that is is, is somewhat unacceptable. As, as a small business operator, you, you work with a balance sheet. Uh, you know, money coming in, money going out, expenses, et cetera, things of that nature. Right. Uh, and I want to talk about the impact that this policy is going to have on that balance sheet for your business, uh, Damon, uh, because the government says that they heard some of the concerns raised by Chambers of Commerce, and many of those people guested on the show over the last five or six months and, sure. and talked about, you know, the impact it was going to have and can they absorb this. And the government came out with what they said was a package of measures. One of them was, of course, reducing the, the business tax rate here in the province of Ontario. It's now it's one of the lowest around. And, and that also went into effect, of course, January the 1st. I don't hear a whole lot of people talking about this. But I'm not a small business person. I don't use that balance sheet like you do. Look at the numbers right now. And without getting into specifics about your business, has the government done enough to offer tools uh, to, to mitigate uh, whatever impact might happen to small business because of this, uh, this wage increase? So again, I'll you know I'll I'll say this. I I, I run my business on a premise of uh, demand and supply, and so you know it's very individualized. It's very specific, and and so if I have a demand for a product and a willingness to pay for a product or service, then then that will dictate what my bottom line looks like. As government changes policy, we adapt to that policy. Um, in our case. Uh, we voluntarily look at our our situation and and we make adjustments according to our demand and our supply, our ability to supply. So that's how we function. So, uh, of course, incentives on businesses that haven't adjusted or haven't voluntarily made changes are going to uh, assist um, if if they're offered. So, uh, so a, 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 a tax incentive may be a way of offsetting some of this, but I would say that that affects growth. And, and so where that is going to come in is it's going to come in on the growth side of it. So as, as this 
situation slows growth, as we've seen in some of the reports, uh, we may see some slowdown in growth, um, that those incentives will encourage uh, businesses uh, to make some investments to help on the growth side of it. But, but as far as businesses operating today, if they're not, if they're not able to make a profit today, as, they're, as many of them are saying, um, under the, the previous minimum wage uh, amount, then, then I'm not sure that that's going to change in, in future because, again, it, it, it falls on the premise of the business model. And we have to, we have to believe that the conversations are genuine. So, so I mean, there's that that component of it too, because we don't we don't have the opportunity to look at people's spreadsheets. So we have to assume that what they're telling us is true if they're not making any money. What options do business owners have, though, in a circumstance like this? Let's let's set aside the government uh, uh, response to this and and the government tools, as they've called them, uh, tax breaks and things of that nature. Options for you as an owner right now, when you get an added expense, uh, whether it's legitimate or not, but in this case, it's it's the minimum wage increase, and that's going to have an impact, obviously, on on that balance sheet that we talked about a couple of minutes ago. With that in mind, uh, what we're hearing now, the options from some business owners is, well, I'm going to have to lay people off, or we're going to have to cut paid benefits and and time and you know breaks and things of this nature. Uh, those seem to be the only options. Uh, in some people's minds, very draconian. Of course, there's the other option of, of, of raising prices of whatever product you're making or, of course, reducing the service that you may deliver, uh, depending on what kind of business you are. Is, is that what you're limited to as a, as a business operator? So, so first of all, the first thing I would do is look at efficiencies. So if there's something inefficient in my business, whatever that may be. And, and, you know, and that, and that sometimes is a harsh discussion to have because it may, it may actually involve employees. It may have actually involved the number of employees you have. It might be to the good or to the bad. It might be the type of experienced individual you have doing any one specific job. There's many things that you can do on the efficiency side. And that's, and that's the premise of when we went to a living wage company in 2012, like cause we we changed from a, a high turnover, low wage kind of business, and and we we asked our employees, uh, you know, what is it that we can do to make your lives better? But here's our expectation. So so we had that discussion wholesome. Uh, it, 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 then what we did is we said, okay, well, if we want to achieve these expectations, how do we create more efficiency? So we actually didn't pass on the cost to our customer, nor did we. In fact, we did the opposite. We we created benefits for our employees. So out of that, but we, but we had an expectation to improve efficiency. So, so across the board, that's where I would start. Um, secondly, uh, to that, if your customer values your product, then they will pay. And so if they don't value your product, then they won't pay. But, but the premise that you can't increase your price for fear that your customer will get angry without offering that as a solution is you know beyond me I, I i don't even know how that could happen because anyone that's receiving a product or service from a from a company or individual should value the product uh the product or services as much as the person supplying them well which is one of the reasons why i, I had a little bit of trouble let's face it a lot of trouble trying to grasp the argument by some of the the folks for instance in the, in the Tim Horton situation to say well we're going to start losing business and and we're going to affect our bottom line if if you've been going to Timmy's every day and getting your drive through or whatever it is you do or have lunch there whatever the case might be 
if, if you were to raise that by five or six cents, I had one economics professor uh, last week suggest that if they added even one cent to the cost of their coffee every day, that would probably uh, cancel out any, any proposed uh, increase to their bottom line, or decrease rather, to their bottom line. So there is a business case to be made for that as well. We've seen price increases constantly, constantly over the years. Regardless. And, and, and it had nothing to do with minimum wage. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll, the, I'll, the, I don't pay as much for a cup of coffee. I pay a lot more for a cup of coffee at Tim Hortons than I did five or six years ago. And as I go in there and stand in line to get my coffee, and I see these television screens and the advertising and all the other things that they're doing, I'm paying for that. I don't want to pay for that. But if I know that the extra 15 cents or I'm going to pay for a cup of coffee is going to go into the pocket of that guy or that lady who's serving me the coffee, I'm okay with that. Uh, that's it. That, exactly. That's my attitude uh, also, too, because if you value that product or service or, or uh, otherwise the atmosphere, if there's something of value there, then you, you, were, you will pay. And if you, if you don't, then the, the supplier of that product or service will no. So, so that would be number two. So first efficiency, number two, it would be the, the benefactor of your product or service. And then, and then absolutely, I, I don't even think that there's a premise for create, creating um, uh, ill will within your workplace, because I think that's actually negative, And I, I think it has an, uh, <clears throat> a negative effect on your bottom line. So I can't see how any workers affected uh, in this manner, as we've been hearing over the last couple of weeks, will actually do a better job as a result of it, and, and I and I would say that that probably has a worse effect on on one's bottom line. That that's from lived experience in, within my own business. So so it would never be an option for me. As I mentioned in my commentary at ten this morning, uh, the reality here is that uh, this whole discussion at this point seems to be kind of mute because I mean this is law now. This is not speculative. This is not the government something the government is saying we might consider doing. It's the law here in the province of Ontario right now. And if we're to take uh, the, the three political parties at their word, and I do that with some trepidation, uh, none of them are suggesting they're going to roll this back. None of them are saying we're going to cancel this. I mean, Patrick Brown has said that if he becomes premier, he will, he will delay uh, the second phase of this to move it up to 15%. But, I mean, no, nobody's suggesting they're going to roll it back from the, the current $14. So this is the new reality. So uh, I, where is the discussion uh, from small business about, the, okay, let's let's how, see how we can adapt to this because it's not going to change. It's it's the way things are right now. I don't hear a whole of that. I know it's early. It's only a couple of days into January right now. But but do we need to have that discussion? Oh, definitely. And, and, and I think if energy is, and money is going to be spent on report, and, and all of that, it would be much better spent on the reality of helping businesses understand the premise of why something like this would take place, because it's reality. This is what we're going through. This isn't a PR scheme. It really isn't. This is the reality that individuals making a specific amount of money um, designed by the ESA at, at some point um, has changed, and we have to adapt. That's actually sort of the whole idea of uh, being an entrepreneur is the fact that you are adaptable that you're creative you're innovative and and so to to have this kind of uh, discussion turn into what I believe is happening here and that's um, this uh, uh, I don't know an ability to uh, manipulate or to tell government what to do what's best for society is not really what I think business is business owners and entrepreneurs are really uh, best at. I, I think they're best at uh, um, creating solutions. And I haven't seen that in the last six months. 
Uh, I've seen it at a very small scale. I'm very fortunate to work with, uh, you know, partner with a, a, um, a specific set of, of business owners that value uh, a decent work um, through the Better Way Alliance and also working with um, the Ontario Living Wage Network, which I think these business associations would be smart to associate with and, and maybe network in some capacity to help their business owners better better manage uh, their their businesses. And I apologize if that sounds a little harsh, but but uh, doing nothing is not healthy. Damon Starr from uh, that uh, Better Way Alliance. Damon, as always, thanks so much for the time today. Great talking with you again. Cheers, Bill. I hope I helped uh, add something to the conversation. You certainly have. And uh, we were getting comments already. If you want to reach us by email, bkelly at 900chmail.com and on Twitter at chmailbillkelly. Uh, an issue that's not going away anytime soon. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.